Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. Who's ready for the word this morning? Come on, let's get into our Bibles today. Go with me to Genesis chapter 40. I'm helping our, our new people to, to church or new people to the Bible. I'm hooking you up because Genesis, you can find that book. That's the first book of your Bible. Come on, just, just peel it open and turn to Genesis chapter 40. If you've got a smart device, go ahead and use it to do the smart thing, and that is to take notes and to follow along in your Bible. Genesis chapter 40 um, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation, but let me set up this story as we get into uh, the Fam Sunday message that God has prepared for us, and I cannot wait. Now, some people are familiar with the story of Joseph, and some people are not, so let me, let me catch us up to speed. Joseph was uh, the second youngest of 12 brothers, and um, he was highly favored by his dad, so much so that he seemed to get special kicks, and he got special gear, and he had the most colorful uh, rain, Technicolor rain coat, come, come on, that you've ever did see. I mean, he just had some plush gear. He was looking sharp all the time. He had pomade in his hair, and his brother's like, who the hell do you think you are? And, and, and so his brothers hated on him from time to time, and, and, and he was a dreamer, and God gave him big dreams, and um, so what happened was his, his other, uh, his 10 older brothers conspired. We got to get rid of this joker. This guy's in the way. Don't we love to pull other people down, especially people who seem to be ahead of us or, or things are going well for them. We much prefer to put others down than to lift others up. I think you know what I'm talking about, right? And so they, they threw him into a pit and, and, and then finally one of the brothers said, hey, we don't want to tell dad he's dead, so, uh, um, or we don't actually want to kill him and tell God that, so we'll tell dad that he's dead, but let's sell him instead. And so Joseph became a slave in Potiphar's house. You, you, you think it's real bad, but then he rises up in ranks until... But evidently, this was a fine-looking lad, Joseph must have been, because Potiphar's wife said, Hey, I see you cleaning up over there. Why don't you come on over here and give me some attention? And he said, No, thank you. And uh, 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 it, she accused him of getting with him anyway, and so he got thrown into the prison, which is where we're going to pick up the story. Um, um, but then uh, you'll see later that God's got a plan for him. This is what it says in Genesis 40 when Joseph is in prison. The Bible says um, uh, right in verses 1 through 4 that um, he's in prison and then he gets two inmates. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been put in charge of a section of the prison even though he's a prisoner himself. And two new inmates come in, the chief's baker and the chief's cupbearer. And it says this in verse 4, uh, I'm sorry, verse 5. It says, while they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night, and each, uh, each dream had its own meaning. Verse 6, when Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed. When Joseph saw them two jokers the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. Come on, someone say, oh, you notice. <laughs> oh, you notice. Come on, really? Verse 7, he said, why do you look so worried today? And they replied, we both had dreams last night 
but no one can tell us what they mean. And so they woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and Joseph noticed. See, Joseph will go on to pray from this section. Joseph will go on to pray. God will give him the interpretation for the dream. He'll interpret it for them. It will come true in just two or three days. And then this is Joseph's only request. I interpreted it for free. There was no cost, right? I did it pro bono. The only thing I'm asking for is that when you get restored back to Pharaoh's servants, when you get into his elite court, tell him about your brother. Just tell him about me. Tell him about some of the things God's been doing, right? So the cupbearer gets restored as the dream prophesied. The baker gets executed as the dream prophesied. And the Bible says the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. And just three years later, Pharaoh has a dream and he goes, oh, I wish somebody could interpret it. And that's when the cupbearer went, wait a second. There was this guy in prison. Let me tell you about him. He, and then Joseph interprets the dreams by the hands of God, and he becomes the number two most powerful person in the kingdom. Someone say, go ahead, Joseph. But today, I want to preach from a simple verse you might have looked over but caught my attention. Verse 6. When Joseph saw these two guys the next morning, he noticed. On this fam day, I want to preach a message I'm calling Focusing Your Noticing. Focusing your noticing. I, 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 I cut my teeth in the church world as I was learning to be a pastor, as I was studying scripture, as I was learning and being discipled and mentored. I cut my teeth in the world of creativity and graphic design and arts and different things like that. And so um, what would you guess would be the most iconic logo of all time. Come on. Anyone want to shout out most iconic logo of all time? Nike. Nike. Okay, that's pretty good. The swoosh. We're, we're pretty common with that. Anything else? McDonald's is commonly the golden arches, right? The Olympics. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah, the five circles all interwoven. Uh, let, me show you, let me show you what is probably the most iconic logo in all of history and all of time. It's this one right here. Go ahead to that next slide. Yeah, that's right. It's the, it's the Lyft logo. No. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? Okay, no. Actually, I want to show you something that's been there all along when you looked at the Lyft logo. You just might have missed it. That is this that we say, no, leave that up there for me. Just keep looping that. We say all the time at Lyft Church, we're about three things, right? He lifts, I lift, we lift, right? So when I was designing the logo, God gave me a vision for this logo that included three triangles, three upwards lifts. There's a he lift, there's an I lift, and there's a we lift. And when they come together, there's actually an, an invisible, we're talking about God now, come on. God is in the midst of it. He's the invisible lifter in the midst of our life between the I lift and the we lift. And there's three logos that come together, and when they do, we're going to see a great lift. And, then, and by the way, the... The eye of lift is intentionally lowercase, surrounded by capital letters. Because if we remember that I must decrease, he will increase. And I need to continually decrease and he'll become the lifter of it all. He does the heavy lifting. Can I get an amen? Did you see that there before? Because sometimes there's things we miss. Actually, let me tell you what is one of the most iconic logos of all time. Put up that next slide. FedEx. 
who would have guessed that this logo over and over and over again gets voted in the world of graphics as top three logos of all time? You say, why? It's just purple. It's just orange. It's just bold text. It's kind of ugly. Why is it the most iconic logo of all time? Because have you ever noticed what's sitting in the white space between the E and the X? It's an arrow. It's been there all the time. It's to subliminally imply that we are fast and we're on the go and that's what we do. We deliver our products to you. It's been there all the time. And isn't it possible to see something every single day and not notice it was there all along? This morning, I want to help you start focusing your noticing on this family Sunday. So many good things happen in the Bible because people simply noticed. God can use noticers. Israel was rebuilt by the king of Persia in the book of Nehemiah because, um, because the king of Persia noticed that Nehemiah, the cupbearer, was down. And so he sent reinforcements and supplies and Nehemiah to rebuild Israel. Jesus opened his public ministry account at a wedding feast because Mary noticed that the wine supply was running low and shame was about to be imminent for this family who could not afford it. In fact, why was Mary such a great noticer as I studied for this message? Mary was probably one of the greatest noticers in all of the Bible. Why? Probably because when Jesus, um, when the angel Gabriel said that you're going to carry the Son of God, her praise song included these words in Luke 1:47. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he took notice of such a lowly, insignificant servant girl. My God noticed me. And, and, and Joseph, the one we're talking about today, he flourished in Potiphar's house because he noticed when the supplies were low. He noticed when the food needed to be on the table. He noticed what needed to be happening in the business to keep the farm producing the highest yield possible. He noticed, he noticed, he noticed. And then he gets thrown into the prison. And one moment happens, somebody wakes up on the wrong side of the bed. And instead of saying, you need to go back to bed. We all tired of your attitude up in here. Instead, he noticed. He had compassion on his heart. Let me ask you a question. What would have happened to Joseph had he not noticed? He would have missed his divine moment. He would have missed his moment for God. And on this fam Sunday, I want to teach you a leadership principle that will improve your closest relationships. You've got to start focusing your noticing. Come on, tell three people around you, focus your notice, focus your notice, focus your notice. Write it in the chat. Focus your notice. Focus your notice. Focus your notice. God, as we have garbled up those last three words, trying to say it really fast, Father, we pray that you would let your Holy Spirit do something inside of our eyes, our minds, our souls, that we would begin to focus our notice for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, you said, amen. Here, I want to give you three ways to start focusing your noticing. Three ways to start focusing your noticing. I hope you're taking notes. Uh, I, I'm going to fly through point number two and point number three. So for those of you who are like, if he takes this long on point number one, how long is this message going to be? Okay, I'm going to spend a lot more time on point number one. It's going to be okay. We're going to get out on time, and we're going to beat the Baptist to the restaurant. Amen? Okay. It's a funny joke. It's a funny joke. I don't care what you think. Number one, three ways to start focusing your noticing. 
Number one, walk slower. Walk slower. In January, on a morning in 2007, on the busy streets of uh, Washington, D.C., outside of one of the busiest metro stops, one of the most prolific musicians of the time, Mr. Joshua Bell, picked up his violin worth $3.5 million. Somebody said, that's an expensive violin. $3.5 million valued violin, picked it up outside the metro stop in D.C. On a, on a January morning in 2007. And he began to play six of Johann Bach's masterpieces outside the metro stop. Two days before he did this, this was a, this was a social study or, or, or experiment set up by uh, um, the, the Washington Post. Because just two days prior, Joshua Bell played that $3.5 million violin to a sold-out theater where the people in the nosebleed sections paid $200 happily for each and every seat. Packed stadium. Pulled out the same violin, played, pulled out the same music, stout, stood outside of the metro stop and began to play these beautiful songs. Joshua Bell was identified by only one person that day. In fact, of the 1,097 people who passed him that day because cameras were recording it, of the 1,097 people who stopped, only one person recognized and that person, generously realizing who he was, gave him a $20 tip. Ooh, generous guy. <laughs> the rest of the people yielded together. This is how much Joshua Bell made in that performance. $32.17 on that performance. And, and, and here's, many people heard it. Hardly anyone noticed it. And, 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 and if we can miss one of the greatest musicians in the world playing some of the finest music ever written on one of the most beautiful instruments ever made, how many other amazing moments do we miss out on during a normal day? See, in fact, I would write this down. We have a hard time, um, we have a hard time noticing greatness in the midst of busyness. We've got to slow down. We have a hard time identifying greatness in the midst of our busyness. We're running faster and faster than ever, and we have a society crying out louder and louder than ever, would you see me? Would you notice me? Would you see something great in me? Would you identify God didn't screw up on me? Would you notice me? One Bible professor, this stood out to me really strong when I was working on my master's degree. One Bible professor, uh, Hayden Robinson, once asked a room full of preachers if it were possible for God to die and he died this morning, how long would it take you to notice? It's like one of them ouch statements, right? Like, I preach about God all the time. That's right, but how long have you connected with God? Or do you like to just talk? Let me, let me flip that to make it more personal for us today. If one of your loved ones had a death of some sort this morning, how long would it take you to notice? It's so easy to think, 
They're salty. They got an attitude. What has gotten into you? Who have you become? I don't even like it. Why don't you go back to bed and wake up again, right? And, and, and we have a hard time uh, walking slow enough to truly see what we might otherwise miss. We're missing the greatness. We're missing the Joshua Bell moments in the midst of it. Now, my boy Joseph, he was in prison. You don't walk any slower than that. <laughs> He's like, I got nowhere to go. I'm like locked up in a cell with you. So I can't help but to notice. But you and I, it becomes more challenging as we wander about our schedules, our lives, our social media accounts. And, 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 and we just go through life. And, just, and that was interesting. That was just, okay, I, oh, why did he do that? Uh, don't wear that. Okay, mental note. Okay, yeah, 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 I don't like that. Uh, what's gotten into her? Right? And we have a hard time noticing greatness. In the people that we love. See, our day is full of people crying out to be noticed. From kids acting up. You know why they act up, right? When we first had our first daughter, we found out we were going to have a girl. I read a book called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters by psychologist Meg Meeker. Scared the crud out of me to be called by God to be a dad of a girl. What did he do? Give me two more. (laughs) I got three of them. Thank you, Jesus. My takeaway premise of what she wrote is this. Kids, especially daughters, are crying out to be noticed by their parents. They, daughters need to know, Daddy, do you notice me? Am I enough for you to make eye contact with? Or is your schedule too busy? The things at the job more important? Bringing home the bacon or anything else? Because if I get a sense that I'm not that important, guess what? I'll find someone or something that does think. I'm important. You hear me, parents? You hear me, spouses? <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't notice, somebody else will. And whoever does do the noticing, they will now have more influence than you. He said, I look good today. <laughs> she noticed me when I walked by. That's because I got that pomade in my hand. Guy from J- Joseph's. <laughs> okay. I know, it's a stretch. You're like, Joseph didn't have no pomade. I know, I know. Call me down. Scriptural, call me down. From kids acting up to social media rants and selfies. There ain't nothing wrong with the the selfie, but there are a lot of people just kind of going, I haven't been noticed at school, so how about I post it and see if you notice. Did you know? Everybody wants wants you to notice when you got my hair done. Did you notice I got my hair done? (laughs) You know what? I'm going to post a selfie and see if anyone else notices. Got my hair done. Are you noticing I'm having a good hair day? Like, we want people to notice us. Loud hair, loud makeup, loud lifestyles, immodest clothing. Let me speak to single guys right now. Single guys, the girl wants you to notice her. Not to the point where I have to do things with my clothing and get indecent for you to notice. I want you to look at my eyes. I want you to value me for me. And can I help a single brother up in here? Come on. Would you notice the value God's put in her without any sort of need to cry out for attention beyond that? We got insecure coworkers. Hey, y'all want to hear how my weekend went? No. We always hear about you. <laughs> They're saying, hey, do you want to notice me? And it's like, hey, look at you. 
immoral leaders. I wasn't noticed at home, but I'm noticed at work. So guess what? I feel pretty important now, right? This is a problem in our lifestyle, and God's got a solution for it. It's actually just kind of right there in Scripture. And I love that the Bible says, and I'll get to, back to it later, but I didn't put it in my notes right here, that it, the Bible says, what are mere mortals that God would notice them? God could be busy with all kinds of important God stuff. Like, it would be okay if God said, I got some God things to do. <laughs> They're kind of important. I like got to create a world, and yet he notices a mere lowly servant girl named Mary. See, this means, this is what this means. The ones who learn to walk slower and focus their notice become highly influential in other people's lives. In other words, if you focus your notice, if you work on your noticing, you can become a lift in other people's lives in the name of Jesus. Come on. I, I, I want us to, to work on our lift. I, I once read while working on that master's work, I did a, 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 a paper that I had to have all these scholarly references for. And I read this scholarly article written by Gilman Whiting um, in, in 2009. And, and they simply wrote about um, the problem of, of young gifted black men who are having trouble uh, getting out of some of the paradigms and breaking through in academia. They, oftentimes, this is what this guy says. He says, oftentimes they see they're out and they're, they're worth in sports and entertainment. Here's what is needed to break the paradigm because young black ladies and white people are having no problems breaking out into academia and professionalism, but this demographic, and this is what he wrote, and I thought it was huge, especially in 2021. See if you catch the word. Self-esteem is a social vaccine. He said this, if young gifted black males could have someone speak life into them, just notice what's gold about them and call it out. That self-esteem will become a social vaccine that would give them the inoculation against the lures of crime, violence, substance abuse, and teen pregnancy. In fact, write this down. If you don't notice, somebody else will. Well, them gangs are a big problem. Well, how about we get up in those cities and start noticing them before the gang leader notices them and says, you got value. No, you got value that's up here and not just right here, right? I like them guns. Let's go pump iron together. Daniel will do it with you, not me. <laughs> Listen, Philippians 4.8 says, you'll do your best. By filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Think on the best and not the worst. The beautiful and not the ugly. Think, things to praise and not things to curse. In other words, if all you notice is negative, you'll struggle to make a positive impact on people's lives. You're so gross. Why don't you brush your teeth? You're so nasty all the time. Why, what's wrong with your attitude? Things are so terrible. Why, why you always got to be like that? Why, we have no problems noticing people's downfalls. When we focus our notice, we'll start seeing the gold in people's lives. I had a question. 
If I woke up on the right side of the bed, would you notice? Would you compliment me? Or just kind of go, that's supposed to be normal behavior. Shouldn't need a pat on the back for that. Shouldn't need encouragement. The Bible says if you've got the gift of encouragement, to encourage liberally. Right now, we live in a time where people need encouragement. And they're crying out through social feeds. They're crying out through entertainment. Oh, you're not entertained yet? Well, then I'll sing that song dressed like this. Now are you entertained yet? And we could be Christians that sit back and go, how dare them? Or we could become a part of the solution. Just begin to notice what's in them. And begin to call out and lift up what the Lord's already put treasure inside each and every person. Joseph noticed, and it was his ticket out of prison. Sometimes we get all stuck in prison. Why don't people notice me? If Joseph was full of the, I don't care about you, baker. I don't care about you, cupbearer. Let me tell you how I was done wrong. I'm not guilty. Come on, he could have done all that in prison, right? I didn't do it, right? He could have spent all this time trying to get noticed himself. Instead, he noticed the small details of, you're not the same as you were yesterday. What's going on? Talk to me. Maybe God has a solution for that. Maybe God wants to speak in the midst of your world right now. Could we be the type of people who just slow down, walk slower? When you walk so fast, you walk right past Joshua Bell playing a $3.5 million violin on one of the most beautiful songs ever written, and you miss it because we're busy and we miss it. Praise Rather than criticism, it's been scientifically proven, praise rather than criticism criticism is the best way to help people improve. Come on. I know some of y'all are like, somebody needs to help that guy out. Somebody needs to tell that young man this. Somebody needs to tell this lady at work this. Somebody needs to. Well, guess what? Praise rather than criticism is scientifically proven to, 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 to the best way to help other people improve. All those put-downs don't work. Before I was lost, I'm sorry, before I got saved, before I gave my life to the Lord, I used to play in a touring band. And our lead singer had a glaring, obvious social problem. And so you know what we did? We did what young college men did. We ragged the crap out of this guy. We made every joke humanly uh, that you could create. We made it, and we said it. And you know what? It didn't help him one lick. But when we just started just calling out greatness in someone, people have a tendency to live up to what someone sees in them. Oh, you think I'm beautiful? Oh, you think I'm amazing? You think I'm a good writer? You think I'm a good singer? You think I'm good with people? I'm going to try doing more with people. Come on. You think I'm good uh, composing things? You think, come on, speak life. And so if you're struggling to see good in someone, can I ask you to walk slower? Pastor, I don't see anything good in my spouse anymore. Walk slower. <laughs> my kids are driving me crazy. There ain't nothing good. Walk slower. Your siblings driving you crazy. Come on, please speak life. Walk slower. They're doing great things. It's just the annoying things that catch all the attention, right? 
We're giving you one great way to walk slower after this experience today on Fam Sunday. We put together a scavenger hunt just for you. That you can take it, you can share it, you can tell your friends who didn't come to Lyft, everybody online can do this as well. This is now posted on our website. JT, how do they find it? Is it on our social media accounts? And liftsby.com slash scavenger hunt. Hope you know how to spell scavenger. Okay, cool. Listen, these are various things that you can do. I like the last one. You don't want to miss out on it. And that is there's a free treat for you hint, hint, on scavenger uh, uh, hunt Sunday. Come on. There's a free treat for you waiting for you and everybody in your family. This is just a great way to spend some time together and just do some fun things together. Get your fam together. Drive around together. Eat lunch together. Do something stupid on a shopping cart together. After you sanitize, wipe that beast down. Come on. Let's have some fun. <laughs> heard some amens in the church today. All right. Listen. Number one, walk slower. Number two, two's as long as number one. Here we go. No. <laughs> number two, take action. I've heard it said that the unspoken blessing is no blessing at all. So I notice you're looking great today, but I'm going to keep that to myself. I, I, I notice. You crushed it on that project. But I'm going to keep that to myself. Come on. I think that's probably the voice of the enemy saying, don't lift somebody else up. Don't encourage somebody else. Don't, don't, don't speak life to somebody else. Joseph's eventual breakthrough only came through the courage to act. He didn't go, man, them two are salty this morning. Let's hang out on the opposite end of the cell from them today. He didn't notice and neglect. He noticed and he had the courage to act. What's going on? Talk to me. Maybe I can bring life to this thing. Maybe God will speak in the midst of this. One thing um, that you may have noticed when you grew up, especially if you came from a house that felt like it was of inferior means. You remember when you went to school and you noticed everybody else had nice kicks and you didn't? <laughs> or, or, or they all had name brands and you didn't. Come on, I grew up, high school was the 90s. They got Jinkos. <laughs> they got Oakleys, and I got Chokeleys on, right? I just, I'm just scratching out the CH on there, and they're like, man, those real Oakleys, for $15, you can get them at the flea market, <laughs> right? They got Hilfiger on, and I'm still trying to figure out how to raise enough money to buy one pair of them things. That's how it was down south. I don't know how it was for you. You remember how you noticed how other people had it and you didn't? You noticed what they did? Here's one thing Lyft is going to do to take action. I can't wait for this. We're going to tell you more after this experience. But um, one thing kids notice is they notice the gear other people have, and it strikes into the heart of inferiority. We're going to give dignity, and so we're doing this. We're doing kicks for kids this coming school program. They already, we've talked with our school sponsorship. I'm telling you, I'm excited about this. We've talked with our school uh, sponsorship. They've got back to school supplies covered. But we're going to give them a little lift of esteem and dignity. And we're asking you, Lift Church is going to do it, um, uh, whether you want to join with us or not. But we're asking you, you can make it better. Could you go out, buy a pair of shoes? We're asking for only Adidas, Nike, or Under Armour. Something where a little kid go, heck yeah, <laughs> I'll wear those to school. Right? They're going to put them on on day one, and they're going to be like, oh, I'm going to hold my shoulders back. 
I'm going to hold my head up high because I got me them new Nikes. Come on. Listen, bring it in before the end of the month. We're going to buy the sizes that we're missing, and we're going to go to Glen Avenue Elementary, and while they're having open house, we're going to give every single kid a pair of kicks that they could be proud of. Come on. I'm telling you, just a little bit of dignity, just a little bit of esteem, just a little bit of we see you, bro. We see you, girl. We're going to do this this month. If you want to do it, in fact, when you leave, we're, we're partnering with a local shoe company, Vernon Powell, and you can get 15% off of any shoe you buy if you bring this coupon to make it even easier to lift. And if you say, Pastor, I don't even have enough money to do that for my kids, that's okay. If you just want to do a $5, $10, $15 gift card, we'll combine those together and it will go a long way. Amen? It's going to be cool. Number two, take action. Number one, walk slower. Number two, take action. And number three, let Jesus be the hero as I close. Come on, band. Let Jesus be the hero. Joseph didn't hear the people's dreams and then just start spouting out good advice, popular quotes of the day. He didn't, he didn't take the credit for himself, but when he stood before Pharaoh, he said, Pharaoh, I'm about to be able to interpret the dream for the glory of God and God alone. And sometimes when we notice others, it's kind of like, you see your boy? I'm a good person. I notice. You see your girl right here? Come on. I always do special things. I always notice other people. And everybody likes me. I'm their favorite teacher. I'm their favorite boss. I'm their favorite co-worker. I'm their favorite parent. Oh. Can we lift other people and let the Lord be the hero? Just say, God showed me this in you, and I want to speak it. You are really good when you talk to other people. The way you treat other people, the way you thought about other people, I'm telling you, that's of God. That's given to you by God. You, I'm telling you, my soul was refreshed when you wrote that email. I was so excited about that. I just wanted to tell you, man, you crushed it the other day. We're so busy kind of going, don't look at their department. Look at my department. I've told our staff, when we celebrate each other, we're going to celebrate each other. So it's not like, hey, man, the kids crushed it today. And Mary's over here going, well, what about worship? Terrence is over here going, the media was kind of cool. Hey, why don't you be quiet and why don't you celebrate somebody else? Okay, we're not going to steal somebody else's lift. We're going to speak life into everybody. and We're going to notice and we're going to take up or we're going to focus our notice. And if, if all you give is good advice and attention... You, you know that guy who, like, in high school is, like, every girl's best friend because she tells me about all of her problems, and I just like listening to him and stuff like that. I know because I did that a little bit, right? Like, hey, girl, tell me your problems because maybe you'll date me next. Come on. I'm, I'm just exposing. I'm just exposing. <laughs> Brother's a player. <laughs> if all you give is good advice and attention, I notice this. They'll keep coming back to your wells over and over and over again. Your co-worker's like, can I talk to you again? And you're like, oh, dear Lord, no. <laughs> Your friend's like, hey, can I have a minute? And you're like, when are you going to get over it? It's probably because you keep setting yourself up as the well. And they keep coming to drink over and over again. But Jesus told the Samaritan woman at the well, you're going to have to keep coming back to this over and over and over again. But if I let you drink the words of life... If I point you 
to the giver of life, there's going to be a spring inside of you that won't run dry. Oh, come on. My pastor once put these words that watered my soul in my mouth, but he told me how to get back to the watering hole. And so I'm not like, hey, Pastor Scott, hey, Pastor Scott, hey, Pastor Scott, hey, Pastor Scott, you'll never believe what they did to me. Oh, I'm going through this. You can't believe what the government said. You can't believe what the entertainment said. You can't believe what our school said. You can't believe it. You can't believe what the news said. You can't believe, you can't believe how she treated me. You can't come on. It's not Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott, Pastor Scott. Jesus, how are we going to do this? Jesus, you're the well that does not run dry. Jesus, you are my gyro. You are more than enough. Come on. You are going to fill me today as you have done in the past. God, you are good. And I come back to the well that will never run dry for your water restores my soul as the deer panted for water. Oh, come on. As I enter into his presence and I hear from him. He's the water that never runs dry. Let Jesus be the hero. As I close in prayer, would you just receive this? Receive this. In fact, it may be odd to some of you, but if you would, just place your hands over your eyes. Maybe over our eyes, maybe over our minds, and we say, God, would you focus my notice? If we're honest, most of us notice ourselves, and we're trying to be noticed by others. We repent of our pride. You said that when we humble ourselves, you would exalt us. So, Father, no longer are we trying to exalt ourselves, but, Father, we humble ourselves, we decrease, and we ask for you to increase, that, Father, you will take care of all these other things as we just seek you, but, Father, most importantly, that you would give us eyes and minds to see the ones crying out. They need a lift of the Lord. You are the answer. You are the solution. You are the water and the well that never runs dry. But, Father, we miss it when we're focusing on us. So, Father, would you touch my eyes? Would you touch my mind? And would you swap it so that I begin to see the way you see? That I would no longer judge my sister or my brother who I don't like how they're behaving, how they're dressing, how they're doing, what they're spending their life with. Instead of judging, Father, I would instead reach out a hand to lift them. Reach out a heart of love, and I would notice, Father, that we would bring those people to you, and that as Joseph heard the word of the Lord, that you would give us words. Scriptures would begin to fall on our lips, that you would give us encouragement that comes from the Lord, that you would let us see pearls and treasures in others, that when we speak it, Father, we will not take the credit. We will give all credit to God, that they would find their maker that they would know the one who is in love with them more than anything else they're chasing. That's Jesus Christ. We ask for all of this in the name of Jesus. Help focus our notice. Let's start with our family members. I pray that this radically transforms husbands and wives for the ones who have lost the lust, or, 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 or that's the wrong word, lost the love, lost the, the, that, that, that special feeling. Father, I pray that you would help them walk slower because they've noticed when the dishes are left out. They've noticed the bad habits, but I ask in Jesus' name that you would help us notice the gold in each person, that you would help us see the beauty that we're missing. Father, I pray over every parent right now. Some of us are at our wits end with some of our kids. And Father, maybe their, their actions warrant it. But Father, I ask that we would make a place and prepare a space right now in this prayer. That you would allow us to see the good 
That you will not let us respond to what's on the surface, for we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Help us see what's the motive behind this, that we would notice someone. It's like a cupbearer and a baker in a bad mood. Let us be Joseph's who notice something and then bring the message of God. Father, help us focus our notice so that we truly see others. I feel impressed to pray on coworkers right now. Some people are driving you crazy and you're like, I wish the boss would fire them. Move them. Give them a transfer, Lord, in Jesus' name. Give them a transfer, Lord. Instead, Father, would you transfer something in our heart? We need a new hard drive. Because our hard drive is full of everything wrong with them. Father, would you help us see that they're crying out. Would you give us the patience? Would you give us the insight? Would you give us the discernment to notice what your people crying out are in need of? I thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. If you receive that, that resonates with your spirit, would you say amen? Amen. And before we open our eyes, before we pick our heads up, I want to read one more scripture to you because you may be in here and you may feel like God hasn't noticed me. God's forgotten me. Or maybe you think that you'd wish there were things that he noticed about you that he'd forget. I kind of wish he'd forget this because I've, I've done some things I'm not proud of. Let me read one more scripture. It says in Psalm 144, O Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? He sees you. He knows where you're at. He knows the fullness of you. That means the good. It also means the bad. It means we're not hiding anything. But it also means you're not hidden. He knows you. And even though he sees what we wish was hidden, he's still pursuing you this morning. Come on, even everybody online, he's pursuing you this morning. There's a sense that you know, today could change my life. And it comes by just reaching out to Jesus Christ. He says this, Oh, that you would reach down from heaven and rescue me. Rescue me from the deep waters. Can I tell you, this is what Jesus came to do. He reached out from the heavens. He became a human like you and I. And he was reaching for you and I to pull us out of our deepest waters. If you're in this place and you say, I'm sensing God right now. And today's the day that I want to commit my life to Jesus Christ. I want to live for him. Or maybe you say, I want to give my life back to him. I walked away and it's time to come back to him. Come on, would you just real quickly, with every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just proudly raise your hand high into the sky? I will not call you down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But if you say, Pastor Drew, I sense God, and today is the day I'm giving my life back to him, would you just raise your hand real quickly, put it real high, and then just put it down. Real high, and then just put it down. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. You can put it down. Thank you. I see you, my friend. Come on. I see you. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Thank you. Come on. And more importantly, God sees you. Oh, he notices. Come on, church. We're going to pray along with everybody who raised their hand or anybody online. You say, that's me. Just write in the chat, that's me. Include me. We're going to all pray together as a church. No one alone. And we're going to pray right now. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I need you to save me. 
I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. The one who came down out of heaven and lived among us. He was sent to the cross and was beaten for my transgression, for my sin. I was the one who deserved that, and he took my place. Father, because of that, I am a new person. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me when you paid the price.